Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. All right, let's roll. Game Time Decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio. Has that begun? I am Gabriel Moretzi. Throwing it down with Cam Stewart. The National Basketball Association is set to tip off here this evening. First pitch coming up in a little over an hour's time. Boston Red Sox, Houston Astros. Series tied at one. Milwaukee takes a 2-1 lead last night. Aaron Rodgers uh, gets it done last night. Yet, um, as you just heard the promo say, good teams win, great teams cover. and Damn right. Go Niners, but... <laughs> They're not a great team, as we saw uh, last night. And San Francisco 49ers covered the number. What's up, Cam? Hey, got to hand it to you, Marenzi. Uh, you warned me about those totals. I'm like, yeah, you know what? We're due for an under. I'm like, in the first half, I'm like, I think we're at the total. <laughs> it just, yeah, just put up no 41 defense. points in the first no, half. No defense in this league. Yeah, I, I knew that. I knew uh, basically uh, I did the teaser with the Niners, too, but more on the Niners. But that was done. It was toast. And you told me a long time ago it's hard to take unders in this league, and it is. You got to really pick your spots there because just watching the first eight drives of that game, both teams were just marching it down their throats. I'm like, does anybody play defense anymore? And you know the game, uh, it's set up that way. DBs can't do anything. Defensive linemen are afraid of touching anybody, and uh, guys are open. Oh, defensive holding on every play. So basically, uh, soon they're going to adjust these numbers to college-style numbers, and uh, then we can start taking a look at it. But right now, yeah, it's just too much, too much offense in the league. Well, we're already there, actually. We're, we're getting college numbers yeah. now. I mean, 59s, 58s. I mean, I see the Alabama number this week is only 57 which feels a little bit low for an Alabama yeah. uh, football game. But that, that's where we are right now. And, you know, speaking of unders, it's amazing. This past uh, Saturday, Cam, in college football, there were 49 college football games. 49 games. 35 of them uh, went under. Or, excuse me, 34. Wow. It was 34 and 15. 34 so and 15. If you bet every game <laughs> under the number, you would have been up. Um, uh, yeah, you would have been up. Uh, 19 units. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. In That's a really good observation, man. Yeah, in college, they post those high numbers. Like, remember, we were well, watching. Uh, not a great observation, floor. Cam. I'm telling you about this on Tuesday. <laughs> if I would have told you this on Friday. <laughs> then you could say, wow, that was a wicked, like, that, that's unbelievable. Yeah, <laughs> but, I go back like, in the like, hot tub time yeah. machine. <laughs> yeah, it's not like I said, oh, guys, every game's going to go under this Saturday. I'm telling you what happened after yeah. the fact. <laughs> yeah, I wish you did. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's what crazy. Is, what does it mean NFL. for this week? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably go, they probably go, what, the opposite? They, do, they go, do they go over? Who knows? It's well, one thing is, the weather, one thing is, Cam, a couple of things as far as the college unders, I think it is worth a look this week. Number one, 
college football, there's so many different more games and cities and towns. Yep. The National Football League is only in basically major cities. The weather's not really, really bad in any major city uh, right now. The stadium, whatever. It's a little chilly here in New York right now, but it's not affecting anybody at MetLife Stadium. You know what I mean? Nope. It's just that, you know, so it's not really having an impact. Plus the professionals. Um, the college kids, though, man, they play in so many different remote towns. I mean, college football is being played in pretty much, you know, almost every town in America on a Saturday afternoon. And you look over the last couple of weeks, there's been hurricanes and rains and, you know, there's been a lot of crazy weather across the board and wind and stuff like that. There's been a couple of college games where it's been nasty weather. Um, and Missouri and South Carolina the other day, two weeks ago, they played in like, you know, basically a downpour for, for most of the football game. And, yep. and also their kids. So they get affected by the weather more, uh, right, than, than the professionals uh, do. So, I, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of, lot of reasons why. Also, I think, too, is that um, college football, a lot of these teams played a lot of cupcakes for the most part. Like, even though we're in week seven now, whatever it is, week eight, I guess, going into college football now, they're only, you know, the real games only started like a week or two ago, Cam. You know what I mean? You know, Michigan's been beating up on bad teams for the last month. Yep. They only played Wisconsin this week. Look at Alabama. The schedule schedule gets tougher now for everybody. Well, Alabama's schedule is a joke all year. Yeah. It's cupcakes. For the record, they're they're 13 point favorites at LSU in a couple of weeks. I kind of like LSU there. That's the yeah, that's LA, the number right now. Thirteen. I would take thirteen with LSU right now. Just the way I know it wasn't Georgia's best performance in that game, and they looked really rattled. The fake field goal attempt turned out to be brutal with uh, Black Blackenship there. I'm like, what what are you guys doing? Like, just put points on the board. You're on the road. It's going to be okay. And they had drives where they were really taking up chunks of yards. But LSU's got some killers on defense, man. They got some real good players there. They're getting decent quarterback play when they need to. Uh, you know what I mean? They put points up on the board. That was their problem, Gabe. You know, LSU teams in the past, you got a horrible, shitty quarterback, and their defense had to do everything, and they wear down the running backs. Now, no, Burrow does different. enough. Yeah, he does enough. Yeah, Burrow he does, does do enough. enough. He does enough. I'll take the 13. I'll take the 13 with the Tigers. Alabama's amazing. I get it. You know, you blow out everybody. But who have they played? LSU, conversely, has played a, a couple teams that are really, really good. Some of the best teams in college football already. They'll be ready to rock. That's That's a big number. It's hard to go against Alabama, but that's a very, very big number. I think you would take LSU if it was plus 13 and it was at Alabama. You'd say all the same things you just said. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of points, buddy. It's a lot of you points. You just want the dog. Listen, I do. over the I years, do. I, you know, I remember losing a pretty big bet. I was in Las Vegas at the time and uh, when I lived there, and I got screwed. I, I went big on Alabama. And they lost at LSU. Yeah, it was one of those games where the Alabama kickers kept missing from like 17 yards and six yards, and the, the kid missed like four field goals, and we lost the game like 10-7 or something like that, or 10-9, whatever the hell it was. It was pretty angering and frustrating. But it is true, LSU and Auburn every once in a while, Auburn pulls off the upset. LSU used to be the ones that were on par with Alabama. You know, maybe yep. a, a, a notch below, but... You know, Close. say what you will about Les Miles, but Les Miles battled Nick Saban. He beat him a few times. He did. You know, they, they were close games. They were battles. You know, nothing was given. I think Alabama's better now than, than they are. I think LSU are probably the same as they were then. But, you know, I talked about this with LSU, and I jumped on the LSU wagon pretty early 
I realized about five minutes into that game against Miami in week one that I was on the wrong side, and I was on Miami. Yeah. And I saw LSU playing with a chip on their shoulder. I was impressed with Burrow, and I jumped on the wagon. Um, I, you know, I got burnt a time or two betting against them uh, along the way. But for the most part, I've been on the LSU bandwagon, and I brought up, I remember telling you, I said, if you look at LSU, look at, like, the big-time players that are in the NFL from LSU over the last few years, and it Millions speaks for itself. Yeah, like they have elite, too. yeah, like big-time elite superstar players on their team, and they always have, and generally they still do. I mean, there's guys on their team now. They're going to be big-time NFL players. It's just, you know, you go from Odell Beckham to Jarvis Landry. Um, you know, Fournette. Fournette, I think, is a little overrated. Darius Geis just got Ge- drafted. Geis, Trey White yep. with the Bills is one of the best uh, mm-hmm. cornerbacks in the league already in his second year. Like, so LSU, Purdue's have big-time five-star elite talent. Except, you know, Alabama just have more of it. And... Alabama are the best coach team in college football. That's the difference. Yeah, it is the difference. But I'll even take uh, chicken on a stick, uh, Ed, with 13 points there. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what happens. He did a great job against Georgia, Gabe. That was, a, that was a spot. Like, Georgia's a damn good football team. And they went in there, and, and LSU punched them in the face. Like, they took control of that game early. Georgia started to move, and then, boom, LSU made a big defensive play in that game. And then uh, when they had to, Burrow made a throw. Big first down. Oh, LSU They did a lot of good things. Yeah. And yeah, Georgia's L- good. And, and Georgia's L- good. LSU you know how good Georgia is. So, Listen, I was on LSU think- the week before at Gainesville against the Florida Gators. And we fell just a little short, but I was on it. And um, they, they were in that game, too, against the Florida Gators. It just fell apart in the last couple of minutes. And Florida are a damn good team, too. That's another Florida's thing. Defense One thing is with, good. with Alabama they're really good right now. Like, this might be, this probably is the best Bama team. It's by far the best Bama offense that they've ever had. But it's just, it's a juggernaut, man. You know, Tua's got 25 touchdown passes. Excuse me, he's got 18 touchdown passes and 25 uh, incompletions on the season. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Like, he's, he's only incompleted nuts. 25. I didn't, you know, I don't know why they interviewed him on Monday Night Football. Um, I was guess it was last night. I get feels yeah, like good we're a year already, it's a, but it's an NFL game. It's That's the NFL show. For. Yeah, no, exactly. It's, it's like NFL. Some people don't like college, let's right? go to <laughs> let's go to Scott Van Pelt and interview Tua. It's like why? Yeah, why? Why right now? But anyways, <laughs> um, Scott Van Pelt said, "You know, Tua, you're pretty much at a perfect season." And uh, he's like, "Oh no!" He goes, "I've made a lot of mistakes." And Van Pelt's like, "Like what?" And he's had to think. <laughs> Yeah. And he's like, well, there's been a few incomplete passes. And um, and then he goes, I fumbled once. And, like, that's all he had. He basically, he's all hard on stuff. He goes, you know, I, I fumble, I did fumble. And he goes, there, there were a couple of incomplete passes that I should have made against uh, Missouri. So he goes, I have a lot of work to do. So, you know, he's a focused kid. Saban does a good job keeping those guys humble uh, and focused. Uh, but I was going to say that the last few years, Bama's really wrecked the sec like they've killed everybody they've owned it um but let's be real a lot of these programs cam have been down over the last few years and you're True. seeing they're, they're starting to come back like the florida gators you know fell on hard times oh, yeah. they went through a bunch of coaches they never recovered post urban meyer they're finally the solid with dan mullen now yep. like they're and they're only going to get better with dan mullen like they're going to be their threat you know 
they're a real threat. The LSU Tigers are starting to show that they're not done either uh, suddenly. You know, Kentucky is better than they used to be. Texas A&M looks good with Jimbo Fisher, even though I think Fisher's a jerk. Um, you know, he's doing a good job there. So over the next few years, like you remember in the Tim Tebow days, they used to beat Alabama. Florida, yeah. That's right. They like were the, the Gators were the national champions. Exactly. Yeah, one team would win one year. The next team, the other team would win. And it was sort of when it was real battles. And remember, you know, Tim Tebow cried after when he lost Alabama once. I'm sorry I let you down. Uh, like, like Florida used to expect to win. They didn't bow down to Alabama. Um, you know, LSU won national championships. They didn't bow down to Alabama. They battled them. They didn't beat them every year, but they, they battled them. It's only been the last few years that Alabama have suddenly become 17-point favorites against everybody every week and now 30-point favorites and stuff. But it's going to catch up eventually. Florida will get back on track. Nick Saban's not getting any younger. You know, the competition level will, will get a little tougher soon for, for Alabama over the next couple of years. And look at Georgia. Yeah, Georgia's damn good, too. Exactly. And uh, they just had one bad game against LSU. And uh, I just want, yeah, that Florida, when you watch the Florida LSU game, man, I'm looking at Florida's secondary. Like, Stewart had that interception at the end of the game to ice it. But I'm telling you, like, I watched, watched these guys when LSU was trying to drive the ball. I'm like, Gabe, that's them now. And Dan Mullen just started that job. Think about when they actually, when he gets even more guys, his guys, more confidence. They're just going to build it and build it. I couldn't agree with you more. I think the Florida Gators in the next couple years, it's going to be like Tim Tebow style again. The Gators are going to be going up for the national championship. They get any type of offense with that lethal defense, unbelievable. They'll be, they'll be almost unstoppable. Well, you never know what we're going to open up the show with, uh, people. Sometimes we open up the show talking <laughs> about food. And anything but sports, oh, yeah. it seems. And uh, today we came right out of the gate with some college football talk. Yeah, um, baseball games coming up too, and uh, hey, yeah, we I got know baseball it's your, five you feel like Christmas. NBA, we got a couple games tonight. You'll probably uh, go over the uh, optimizer and uh, all the other beautiful things. And yeah, it's. Uh, I haven't made it. Uh, I haven't made it out to the sports book yet today, which is um, it's not great. Which means after the show at seven o'clock, I'm gonna have to get there before the eight o'clock uh, tip-off here this evening, and I'm not getting this Boston Red Sox play in unless uh, something happens online for me, and I'm actually waiting for something to transfer through so I can get this play in oh, on the Houston right. Astros. Yeah, well, you're you. you nah, you know, nah, I don't want to be that some... guy. I don't want to uh, be that well, guy, and uh, I'll just I'll just I'm handle you... things here. I'm just saying, you have an account with me when you were uh, doing some stuff anyway, right? And uh, anyway, it's there if you need it. I'm on the Houston Astros as well. Uh, Keichel, I, I like the fact that the line's gone down on my book to 20 cents. I think Houston can get it done today. Very disappointed in the, in the, in the Dodgers, especially in the first couple innings, Gabe. I know everyone will talk about the ninth when, you know, they got to Jeffers but couldn't get couldn't get over the top. Got a feel for Grandel. This guy's, uh, he, he's, he's, he, when I see a guy in that many bad situations, you almost want to cry for the guy. Like, he's just, he's beaten down emotionally. He's rattled. Like, that's, the, he's in a true funk. But uh, I think they're sitting they, him down. The Gio Gonzalez today. Yeah, he needs a break. I feel bad. It's not, he's not playing just today. The Austin Barnes. Oh, that, yeah. Austin like Barnes, Barnes gets the call there. today. Uh, great, listen, Grandal's had a horrible postseason. He's been horrible he defensively. Um, he's now, he's left 17 runners, um, 17 yep, runners in scoring out. position. He's Crazy. 0 for 9 uh, with runners in scoring position and men on base in the postseason. It's a disaster. He's not the only one, though. 
You know, it's just it's just seems like it's always him that's coming up at the worst possible yep. time it's over the last couple of weeks. True. True. It's like uh, less like, like you were talking about less that. Here comes Grant. Here comes it's like Grant. Less don't hit it to me. Don't hit it to me. It goes right to him. It's like like Grandal, you're thinking, Oh God, not Grandal. And it's like of course it's Grandal. But the thing is, hey, he didn't hit into a double play. It could have been worse. He struck out. Damn right. And he wasn't the only one. The Dodgers repeatedly leave runners in scoring position. It's always been their problem over the years. And really, I don't know what they can really do about it. It's all a coaching thing. They can't sign any more superstars. Like, it's yep. up to these Gotta guys deliver. to get a timely freaking hit. And Kiki Hernandez is ripping Dodger fans now, saying they're not loud enough. He can, uh, like you would say, get bent, Kiki. We'll hit that <laughs> on the other side. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Game time decisions. <laughs> Back to live action, Ready, fellas. Ready, <laughs> Yang, giving us his uh, menu. Yeah, Al's, Al's delicatessen. Yeah, you got him hooked on Al's Texas now, Gabe. Toast and uh, tur- turkey bacon. He's hooked. Uh, he's, Al's is good. He's, he's hooked. <laughs> when you come to New York, I'll take you. I'll take you to lunch over oh. to Al's. Oh, I can't wait. The way you guys are talking about Al's, I'm, I'm, I'm fired up. I want to try everything on the yeah. menu. I ate it. Uh, I just ate at uh, Michael's though. I didn't eat at Al's today. I went to my boy Michael's. Michael's. I just oh, had the some, pizza joint. Yes. Yeah, I just had some baked ravioli for lunch. Ooh, nice. That's a good choice. Not a lot of. That's yeah. one of those things when you go when you go into the pizza place, you usually get pizza or calzones. But you know what? The ravioli is always a nice uh, touch. I love ravioli. I don't eat it enough actually. You got me thinking. Maybe it's pasta night here tonight. Nice ravioli. I bet Michael does it upright too. The Italians, they really, they don't screw around with food. That's what I like. It's like, Gabe, I went up to, uh, you know, uh, Maple to pick up some money, and I'm sitting there. The the guy's like, oh, yeah, come to the Italian bakery, and they know you, and they know me, and, you know, we're cracking jokes about the horse industry and stuff. Yeah, the guy winds up and goes, Make a, go get yourself a plate. Same thing, uh, Gabe. I got two p- huge pieces of lasagna the size of my head. I got a nice Italian sausage there, veal cutlet. Oh, man, it's so nice. Lasagna the size of your head. You got a big head, too. Oh, yeah. I sure do. It took up the whole plate. I'm like, wow, I'm going to make this trip more. It took me. It was a 40-minute drive, but, man, it was worth it for good food. God, it was delicious. Big man on campus uh, steps up and and, uh, joins us on this uh, NBA tip-off evening here this evening. In fact, big man's in Philadelphia. The Philadelphia 76ers uh, are in action tonight. Very, very tough game. To handicap. It's a new look Boston Celtics. 
Um, the Sixers aren't really 100% healthy uh, tonight. It's a strange game, but uh, Markel Fultz will be in the starting lineup tonight, and I actually think that he's going to have a big year uh, this year. Let's bring in a big man on campus uh, right now. What's up, big man? Hey, guys. How are you? I uh, wanted to kind of uh, just quickly on the food talk. Um, Gabe, uh, you'll have to ask Corey about this, and I would highly urge uh, if you have the opportunity to go, you go. Harlem, Spanish Harlem, one-tenth and first, Haji's Deli. They have the greatest chopped cheese you'll ever eat in the world. And I know you probably don't know what a chopped cheese is. Chopped cheese? Go there, get a chopped cheese with everything on it, one-tenth and first, Spanish Harlem at Haji's. he'll, He'll tell you it's the greatest thing you have ever eaten. Yeah, I know. What's a what's chopped cheese there, big man? Give me a rundown. Is, uh, it's basically a it's a sandwich with uh, chopped like burger meat. It's kind of like a cheeseburger in a way, but it's chopped up. They throw out all the stuff in it. It's in like this. It's not really. It's bread, but it's almost like a. Do you know what a panini is? Almost. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Paninis. Yes, yes. Kind of like, like that, and they grill it up. It, it's. It's a New York thing. Yang knows it's in Harlem. It's phenomenal. Terrific food. He knows. You ask if Cam knows what a panini is. Cam knows what any food is. That Italian food, it made me feel good. And I was, I haven't eaten that kind of stuff in a while. So, yeah, I'm telling you, 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 you front on Harlem, go get a drink, get a couple of drinks. After you drink, go get a chopped cheese. You'll love it forever. Big man on campus giving us yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. food rundown. He's culinary, he's culinary, uh, culinary, yeah, culinary tips. advice here. <laughs> culinary tips uh, here on the Fantasy Sports Network. So um, the Sixers tonight um, against Boston. Big time rivalry game. Big rivalry uh, between these two teams. We saw them throw it down in the playoffs, and we saw that home court meant a lot in the playoffs as well. And we know. Um, you know, we know that uh, Boston have a ton of talent, but we've never really seen this roster before. We haven't seen this lineup uh, before. But one thing we can take away from the preseason is expect the um, expect the Celtics to play faster uh, than they have. And I know the Celtics are a very good defensive team. And I remember during the playoffs, like when they got to 100 points, they never lost type of deal on their home court. But if you saw in the preseason, the Philadelphia 76ers, were taking like you know fifty plus three point shots a game. They set a record. They took twenty seven threes in the first half. I think you're going to see a lot of this um, through you know this year in the NBA with teams just sort of playing more Golden State style and more three balls. And the analytics of basketball has caught up. And don't forget, guys, not a lot of people are talking about this, but um, they've initiated uh, the international rules with the shot clock now in the NBA. So. On offensive rebounds, it's now um, 14 seconds. It, it doesn't reset to 24 anymore. Which And I used to hate that. If somebody that bet the over, somebody takes a bad shot, yep. they get the rebound, and then they milk tick, it for another tick, 24 tick, seconds. Tick, 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 That's 48 tick, tick. seconds right. of a game wasted exactly. with no action. Especially when teams have a lead late and they're trying to kill time. So, Dude, that's a great now, point. The four, game. That's, 14 wow, seconds that's makes everything. a big difference. Well, with the flow of the game, it'll lead to more shots. Yeah. It's going to lead to an uptick in some fantasy production, and it's going to lead to an uptick in, in possessions. Now, coaches are diabolical, and they're jerks, so 
they'll figure out a way to slow things down still if they want to. But, you know, it'll be interesting, big man. It's not, not a rule change people talked about, but I'm sure the odds makers have, you know, put this into numbers already, but it's something I'm going to be keeping my eye on. Yeah, it's a great point by you. Uh, you know, obviously, I think the key to any season that you come into when it's new is just kind of knowing the rules. And nowadays in sports, it's the goal is scoring, and they're going to change rules. You got to make sure you're up on that stuff because you know it can affect your handicapping. But you know, as a Sixers well, fan, have you heard I'm anyone a... talk about it? Nobody. No. Yeah, yeah, you hear that on ESPN yes. talking about this. You know, and the, the game starts. It's huge. I'm sure there's a lot of people tuning in, going, "I didn't know they changed the shot clock yeah. rule." Right, it, yeah. it makes it ten seconds shaved off, guys. It's a big freaking difference. Like oh, it's going to lead to more shots, way more possessions. Yeah. Yes, way more shots. You're, you're totally right. That's a great point. I, as far as this team, I, you know, look, I come into the season kind of irritated with this team. I, I, I look, I, I didn't like the draft hijinks. You know, uh, making promises you're going to go out and get a star, and you don't go out and do it. Listen, this team is basically teetering on uh, success and good success, but it's a lot of it's coming down to. Markel Fultz. I mean, Markel Fultz is basically your free agent acquisition, guys. I mean, this is a guy that mentally has had some trouble. Uh, his shot has obviously had some trouble. Um, I think he's going to have a decent year. I agree with you, Gabe. I like his game. It just has that shot matriculated, and is it is it something that he can he can use and, and be good with? As far as in this game, I mean, the last four games have been decided. Last five games have been four have been decided by five or less. Those were the playoffs, though. Uh, I look at the Sixers. I think with them, they're more or less going to be very defensive this year. They'll still go, and they'll still be quick, and they'll still score and, and do well. But I think the goal with them is defensively. And that's if you look at some of the moves they made in the offseason, you know, getting rid of guys that don't play defense and replace them with guys that do. They were the best rebounding team in the league last year. You have to think that's going to continue. I just look at five-on-five five here, and I think this is a close game. I I, I I think the Celtics are a better team. I'm not going to say that they're not, but I think cohesion early could be a problem. I heard you mention, Gabe, um, you know, and I think the, the, the theme is there is only one basketball, and, and you're going to have some growing pains. I've heard Gordon Hayward's not uh, still at 100%. He's still been moving around a bit slow. Uh, but I worry about Fultz in this game because you, know, you look at Rozier, you look at Marcus Smart. While Kyrie Irving doesn't play a lot of defense, they do – and they're junkyard dogs. They're going to get under your skin. Um, I wonder how Mark uh, Markel will handle that. But I'm looking forward to this game. I think it comes down to the wire. I actually think this is an under game. I know you kind of sold the the over and and the time, you know, the clock changes and everything. But I think this this is about you know 102 99 something like that. I think the Sixers can hang. I'll take five with Philly. With Philly. Taking five. Yeah, what do you think of the game, Cam? Are you betting this game yeah. tonight? What are you going to bet? I, I, I'm going to I'm going to ease my way into the season, but I'm I, I'm kind of with big man. The fact that you know Boston's at home and Philadelphia, they're still they're still a good team. They have questions on both sides of the ball. Gabe, you brought up a good point. I I agree with you about Fultz. I think he's going to be okay and he's going to grow. Five, it's very tough, guys. It's I, one I year last it, year. People it, yeah. people overreact and they panic after it's too quick. You got to let the kid develop yeah. a bit. Exactly. Thrown in there is a young. weird situation. He wasn't handled I think this properly. Game might, maybe this game goes over, Gabe, because people are thinking the other game with OKC and Golden State goes over. Without, no, that's the uh, one Westbrook I think goes there. under. The late game. That's, the, that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I think the other the late game goes under. The first game goes over, and I have a lean to Philadelphia. But what do you think, Marenzi? Yeah, we haven't got, uh, you haven't uh, t- t- uh, had a – do you have a side on uh, in this one, or are you just going to rock the total at 210.5? No, you know what? I liked it better last night when it was 208.5. Yeah. And now the public is getting getting on board. It's up to two ten and a half. Starting to get pretty high, to be honest. 
Um, I'm still leaning with the over. I can understand big man's thought process. It wouldn't shock me at all if Boston won the game like 107-98 or something, right? Boston do play good defense. They might take a ton of threes, but it's like Golden State. Golden State take a ton of threes, but they play good defense, and all their games go under the number. And people think, ah, oh, they shoot all these threes, it's going to go over the number. No, Houston goes over the number because they shoot threes, but they don't uh, play defense. <laughs> but I do think that Boston's going to be so efficient offensively. I think also, you know, we're just sort of in an entertainment era. But it's really tough, guys. You're betting, you know, the NBA is a wait-and-see league. You know, like, it, we, it's and it, it goes in themes. Like, you know, like, there's like a month where they'll all just, they won't, it's like a, an agreement. All right. The month before the All-Star, you know, voting, <laughs> none of us play defense, and we all put big numbers up. All right, now we'll, we'll try tonight. You know, there's sort of like these weird, you know, agreements in the NBA about how the style of the game is going to be. I don't know what it's going to be like tonight. I, I imagine it's almost going to be like a playoff atmosphere, to be honest, but I got to lay the five with the Boston Celtics. I liked here's, it better at four last night, but... You know this, big yeah. man. Four points in a four or five points in a basketball game. That's like laying three in a football game, right? I, I will say, and I, I just for thirty seconds want to explain how I look at NBA. I couldn't. I, I just really don't think it's possible to handicap this league day to day, going on stats and trends. I think it's basic handicapping and looking at this number and saying you, you have a line of five here. Seventy five percent of the public and the bets are on Boston. The line is not moved. Okay, that's a that in the NBA. If you strictly fade that stuff, you will make money. It's a true system. It will work. I just think this is a, a sixer line. I think you're seeing a lot of people come in. Why isn't this line went up to six, six and a half? It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. That's how I look at the NBA. I do think this comes close, but I can also see your situation where, look, the Sixers. Let's be honest, guys, don't have a ton of shooting. They just don't. I mean, you're you're, you're dealing with. You have J.J. Redick and your occasional Sarge three, but outside of that, there's not a lot of shooting on this team. You could get down early and find it hard to come back, uh, just kind of matching score by score. But I agree with you. Playoff atmosphere, I think the five are valuable here. Um, In the late game, too, we talk about it. No Russell Westbrook for Oklahoma City Thunder tonight. So um, I believe the number, it was up to 13. 13 um, still. yeah, the total's been coming down a bit, right, Cam? Was it 220, what, 220 now? Let's see. It's uh, 220 flat now. 220 flat. Yeah. So last night it was a lot higher. I think it was 223 last night. Um, mm-hmm. 220, 220 and a half now. This one, I sort of think that. I just wonder where the point's going to come from from Oklahoma City. Like, if they get down. I know, listen, they've got decent players, and we'll, we'll break it down from a DFS perspective later. you got Denny and Schroeder's there now. And, you know, he's... He he'll put up some he'll put up some numbers. You got Paul George. Paul George always talks like he's a superstar, so now there's an opportunity to show it. But even Stephen Adams is banged up coming into this game tonight. The Warriors often sleepwalk, but it's it's the first game of the year. What do you think, big man? You think the Warriors just show up and drill them? I'm looking at the first half, but it's up to minus eight right now in the first half. It's a lot of points for the first half. Yeah, you know, I'm not I'm not interested in, in laying points with Warriors. I'm just not. I, I, they don't cover numbers. They've lost money over the last few years. It, the, the numbers are just too high a lot of the time with them. And, and I think you could actually probably see this game maybe even go up to 14, 14 and a half. I think you know, people love the Warriors. They're at home, first game of the season. Uh, but I, I think that the, uh, the, the Thunder will have a bit of an advantage on the block. Uh, Cousins isn't playing. Um, I think Steven Adams is a really good big man. I know he's a little hurt and hobbled, but 
I think Dennis Schroeder, look, he's not Russell Westbrook, but he's a decent player. You got Paul George. Um, I think what the Thunder really will lose, they got to get Robertson back. He's uh, he's the crux for them on, on defense. You really need yeah, he's him. He's their best defensive player. Yeah, for sure. He's, I think he's one of the best defenders in the league. Um, I, again, it, it's tough when you're dealing with Golden State because they can boat race and just blow you out. But I, I think this number should be more like 10 and a half. Um, the fact that it's 13 and a half, I think there's some value on Oklahoma City. But it's a tough game. It really is because you are playing with fire every time the Warriors play. And it, it, there's nothing worse, guys, than being on that, you know, that, that thunder play and the Warriors just get hot and make like six threes in a row. And it's, it was an eight-point game. Now it's a 23-point game, you know. So, yeah, I, I, I don't like this one as much as the first game. Well, that's the thing. Tomorrow yeah. – there's two games. Oh, there's a nice get. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Don't need there's two games. Tomorrow's huge. Everyone's going to rush. Oh, NBA's here. Yeah. I got to bet big on these games tonight. Yeah. They're tough games time. tonight. You can make They're it. We don't know. Philadelphia's banged up. Boston has a new roster. Yep. Uh, our Golden State's playing a million points. They're no not great it. games to bet on, right? They're just, it's yep. cool. The NBA's back. And you look tomorrow, there's a full slate. And there are some I spots tomorrow in the NBA. And that's what I look for. I prefer to find, you know, that, that's why I love college sports because there's so many games I can kind of like hide and find stuff that, you know, just kind of for me. And, and I don't have, you know, these games, the lines are pretty good. Let's be real. It's like a Monday night game. Um, the lines are generally yeah, Everyone in the world's betting these games tonight. Sure. Like, you know, what, I'm going to be going to the sports book here in New York after. It's like, you know, there's going to be like $8 million on these games tonight. Yeah. Like, it's like all the first NBA games. People are going to be jumping hardcore on this. So you mentioned college uh, basketball. I see the season starts November the 6th, which is now. So that, that's less than a month away. So we're about, uh, about two and a half weeks away. Yeah, two, two and a half weeks away, away from the, the start of the college basketball uh, season. I know you're a bigger college fan than you are NBA. I, I am, yeah. I mean, the season coming up, uh, obviously, I think uh, you know, now's the time to kind of get your, get your wits on college basketball because – you don't want to jump into it um, kind of you know, knees deep. you, you got to do some research. But it's an interesting year, Gabe. I mean, you have obviously the things going on off the court. Um, I, I will say one thing. I think the Nevada Wolfpack are highly overvalued. This is a good team. I, I don't look at them as a, a, a great team that can go win the title this year. Um, they're pricing this team as if they're, you know, a, a high-level team. I mean, I mean, you can get um, – I mean, you can get better odds with Gonzaga than you can get with, with Nevada. It's quite amazing. Uh, Nevada's too overrated uh, coming into the season. They're a trendy pick. Everyone loves them. Uh, they're good. I, I don't know if they're great. Uh, they, they still have a long way to go to me. I, I don't look at them as a, a top-tier team. A lot of people do. Yeah, Nevada, Nevada was too. a fun team last year. Yeah, we, we conference and um... – you know, looking looking right now at the future odds, the Duke Blue Devils are favored to win the title. Uh, R.J. Barrett, of course, uh, Ronan Barrett's kid, uh, one of the star yep. players on the Duke Blue Devils, freshman. The Kentucky Wildcats are real good. You know, they've taken their lumps over the last year or two, but it's actually beneficial to them because normally uh, Coach Cal loses everyone after one year. He's actually got guys coming back. Kentucky are going to be a dangerous team. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll, we'll talk a little college basketball. We'll get into football on the other side with Big Man on Campus from RayWager.com.
from the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Game Time Decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio, Fantasy Sports Radio Network, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and all that uh, other stuff. Boston Red Sox, Houston Astros, first uh, first teams up uh, today. Los Angeles Dodgers in a must-win Dodgers. situation a little bit uh, later on. I talked about Kiki Hernandez calling out the Dodger fans, and uh, I am one of them. And he says they're not loud enough, and it's their really? fault, basically, the atmosphere. I don't know. I saw Mary Hart. She's 67 years old. That's what I'm legs, Standing up behind game. home plate there late at yeah. night in Los Angeles. Well, these losers leave the bases loaded every inning. Great, it's not the great fans' point, fault. Game. They should shut up. This team's getting That's shut right. out, and he think, no wonder yeah. the fans are pissed off and quiet. What do you want? Se- you would be second, better if they here, boo you? Here's the here's Dodgers. Second and third, no out. Strikeout, strikeout, uh, pop fly. Okay, we'll go to the next inning. Dodgers, second and third, one out. Okay, strikeout, uh, another routine ground ball. Exactly. Like these guys, you said it, Mar- you said it Mar- see, they can't. They, they can't. Yeah, that's the fans' fault. You can't score with runners in position with zero outs and one outs. It's pathetic. You get to Jefferson right. we'll get and then, back like, to strikeout, the whatever. Yeah, we will. We will. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get back to the Dodgers later. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll, get, we'll get back to that. All right, so we're a big man on campus uh, right now. Speaking of which, the Angels are uh, looking to move now, too. And uh, we'll really? get into that. Um, yeah, yeah. So um, they're blaming their stadium. For them to compete, they need a new stadium. It's like your team sucks. You have Mike Trout and doing? you don't sign it. Yeah, exactly. They, that dude, it's they're all, they're it's doing all, all right. Scam. It is. It's all buddy. a scam. All right, so before we get into football, we're talking college basketball now a little bit. Just taking a look at the odds and – Big man on campus brought up, um, big man, you brought up Nevada Wolfpacker being overvalued coming into the year. And I got to be honest with you, I did not realize um, that Nevada was being graded with the North Carolinas and Virginias and Oregon's <laughs> of the world right now. As I see the Nevada Wolfpacker, 12 to 1. That, that's ridiculous. Like, come on. Stupid. So Villanova's 30 to 1 and the Nevada Wolfpack? Like, does anyone actually think a team from the Mountain West is going to win a national title? <laughs> like, uh, let's be no. real. Come on. Like, they won't even make it to the Final Four. And now they have all this pressure on them. Last year they made a run. No one thought they'd make a run. But, I mean, look, they're a good team. I will not ever say they aren't. They have some really good players coming back. They made some great moves in the transfer market. But they're they're the hunted now instead of the hunter. I mean, they – I mean, I see Andy Katz ranked them eighth in the country coming into the season. I don't think they're in the top ten. I think to rate them with – you know, your UNCs and your Virginias and, and your Oregons, I, I, I just think it's a bit high. I don't think that, that, uh, that a Mountain West team should be favored. That's basically saying that you think it's quite possible they get to the Final Four. I don't see it. Um, I think Virginia, I've actually already bet them to win this thing. I think coming back, they are very, uh, very much – uh, looking to, to right the wrongs after last year. I don't know. It's just every year. They, every year yeah, they'll let like, you down. Oh, but I'd rather – I'll tell you one thing. thing. Yeah, I know. Gabe, you'd rather have Virginia at 18-1 to 1 on Vegas Insider than Nevada at 12. That's yeah. for sure. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, no kidding. Yeah. Good point. 
I think guys also, and I know Gabe, you'll you'll kind of you know maybe make the same point about this team, but this Gonzaga team is very good. I mean, they they could be the best team in the country coming in. I have them behind Kentucky or Kansas and Kentucky, but I have Gonzaga right there at three, and yeah, I have them ranked over Duke. Um, I've said on many fronts before. I think when you look at it, Mark Few, with what he's done over the last twenty years. He's a, he's a complete Hall of Famer, and he's one of the best coaches in the country. The, what he does with Little is quite amazing. Coming back, you have everybody. Rui Hachimura is a guy that keep your eyes out for him. I think he's a Giannis clone and will be a top 10 pick in the NBA draft. They're just completely stacked, immediately good. It, they could get over the hump this year. But you know, Duke, it'll take some time. They have, obviously, some real talent. R.J. Barrett is probably your player of the year this year. I worry about Zion Williamson. I think he has a weight problem. We'll see how that fares through the season. If you put him in the NBA right now, he'd be the second heaviest player. That's a concern for me. UNC, I like as well. They're very talented. The problem I have with them is they have no point guard coming into the season, and that's a concern. Duke had the concern last year with no point guard. Watch out for Tennessee. They're a closet team that I look for to maybe make a run. Kansas State will be very good as well. My real dark horse – the Syracuse Orange, I think this team always makes a run. They are really good coming into the season. It's going to be a fun season. Uh, I, I, I'm counting the days down, boys. Yeah, some some good teams, some fun teams uh, coming coming into this year. And, you know, you, it's funny. You look at the odds, and it's the same teams all the time. It would be nice to see Gonzaga actually get over the hump. I wouldn't have a problem yep. uh, with that. Few does a great job. And, you know, his career wouldn't be a disappointment. I mean, he's putting Gonzaga on the map. And he's turned him into a powerhouse, uh, but you know he, you know he's yearning for that national championship. Um, all right, so let's let's get into some football uh, right now. Some wildness in college of football, uh, big man. And you, you come, we come into the week uh, this week. Alabama gets Tennessee, so I'm, I'm not you know nice win for Tennessee. I didn't see that coming against Auburn, so no, nice uh, nice win for them. Even though Auburn are a train wreck right now, but Michigan. You know, people bury Harbaugh, and, and that's the thing with Michigan. Michigan will get um, – people love to pick on Michigan when they struggle, but then the same media types that call Michigan overrated all the time will overrate them all the time. You know what I mean? It's Very like, true. I mean, I'm a Michigan, I'm a Michigan fan, and it, it went from Harbaugh sucks, he should get fired. They can't win for losing. And now Harbaugh wins, and you get the Michigan's back – yeah. That Ohio State game and Harbaugh this and Shea Patterson that. They're just, listen, I'm a Michigan fan, but I'll admit it. We're a hype team. There's something about Michigan that gets the media and fans going, and it's usually people getting going in a sense that people think they're better than they are. But it was a nice win against Wisconsin, real nice win. They smacked them down. Michigan's a solid football team. But I got to tell you, it's not going to be easy going into East Lansing this week, laying seven points, big man. No, because the problem with Michigan is they've not shown you anything on the road. I mean, really. I mean, I know they beat yeah. Northwestern. They come back in that game. Though. Barely. They're, yeah, they're just a really good team at home. And, <laughs> look, I, I, I will overrate. I, I was on Michigan last week. It was a great win. But let, let's be real. Alex Hornibrook is a horrible quarterback. I mean, I, I know he had a decent year coming into that game. But you saw against a good defense. I mean, he's completely useless. Um, Michigan State, uh, they're going to be up for this game. They're off a big win themselves. The work, he's a better quarterback than Hornibrook is. 
you know, I think for Michigan, it's it's for me just really going to be about you. You got to take care of business here. I, I'm not looking to lay numbers with them right now on the road. I'm just not. You got two huge games coming up here. Um, they still have a lot to prove. Look, it's all going to be about with Michigan. Can they go out and beat Ohio State? I mean, that, that's really the elephant in the room here. I think you make a very good point about the media does overrate Michigan. It's all about hardball. Um, you know, we you took the step last week. That's a win you have to have at home. But now it gets difficult. You got to go on the road to Lansing. That's tough. You know, you know, it, it's going to be cold. I will it's admit, be- big man. I will. Ex- I will accept losing at Columbus. It's not easy to go there and win. To me, yeah, I, it's not. I, I won't. But he, 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 no, he needs to win this game this week. He needs to run the table. I think if Michigan finished the regular season ten and two, it's but, a decent okay. season after losing the first game at Notre Dame. I'd it like to beat not. Ohio State. I'd like to beat Ohio State, but I'm not going to judge and you know bury him for not beating Ohio State this year. But I think it's a winnable game. It's a winnable game. It's always an excuse with him. And look, this is not a program I, I think that is okay with just getting there. This is a huge program, Michigan. And at some point, he has to pay the piper and beat that team. The Ohio State are very good. We know that. They, I agree with you. But at some point, you have to go and win that game. You, you, at what point are you going to do that? 10-2 is not good enough. Michigan should win and, and be the – they should be in the national title conversation. And he's had the teams to do it. You have a quarterback. You have the best defense in the country. You have playmakers. There's, I don't think there's a lot of an excuse. I just don't. At some point, you have to find a way to win. But it all starts this week. It doesn't matter if you don't win this game and, and go yeah. to Penn State. Penn State are a, a program right now in ruins. Their coach is an absolute airhead. These well, are they got that games. game coming. That game's yeah, at yeah, Ann Arbor. Yeah. That one's in Ann Arbor. So Michigan go to East Lansing this week. Then they get at the Ann Arbor uh, game against Penn State. And then, I'm going to run it like, Let's put it that way. I think yeah. they're just going no, to win. So have, do you like anything yet in the college card uh, this week? Have you taken a, a deeper look? Yeah, yeah, I have. Um, I, I'll definitely tell you, I'm, I have my eye on the Air Force Falcons this week against uh, UNLV. I mean, I, I don't know how else we slice it, guys, but UNLV just aren't any good. I mean, without Armani Rogers, they're a lost cause. Um, I, I'm telling you, though, I'm looking more maybe towards the first half here. UNLV in the last two games has been outscored 61-7 in the first half. We saw last week, if you kept up to that Utah State game, UNLV didn't go away. Uh, I, I think they'll have trouble with the option, let's say, initially. Maybe they start to be able to move the ball against it. That's kind of what I have my eye on. Uh, I'm also looking at uh, at uh, the Thursday night game. I kind of like Arizona State here, guys. I think uh, Bryce loves a bad season. I, I don't love Stanford on the road. Arizona State's, I think, covered 12 of 16 at home. Great atmosphere there. Um, this is a big game. I think a lot of people will jump on Stanford here. Line's under three. I think you're getting a little value taking uh, Arizona State. Uh, I kind of like them. Um, and uh, Texas Tech, have my eye on the Red Raiders. They're playing terrific football right now. If they can get uh, Allen. Uh, Bo- I, haven't heard you say, I haven't heard you say that too often wow. about uh, Kingsbury. Well, listen, I don't give him any. I don't give him any love for it. He's just a. He's a. He's just a guy there. I, eventually, maybe. I <laughs> well, we got to give him. But, we got to give him credit. You know, yeah. He, you know. 
No, I, listen, I'll give him a little credit. He's, he's been good. I'll admit it. But I, I need this defense to keep playing well. Defensively, they've been really good. And they have owned Kansas. A lot of teams own Kansas. But even with bad defenses, guys, I mean, Kansas over the last two years has scored 19 points in both games. I, I expect a big-time blowout victory here. I just need – I want Bowman. I want Allen Bowman back. That kid can move the ball. He's a great quarterback. This defense is playing great football right now. I like your style there, big man. Air Force is actually, hey, they only lost by four, Gabe, in that game to San Diego State. They murdered Navy by 28. The Air Force Falcons are playing good football. Big man, what about LSU-Mississippi State, one of the other marquee games we got going down on Saturday? And LSU feeling good about beating Georgia and laying six and a half to me and Gabe's Mississippi State Bulldogs. Yeah. By the way, Air Force is, uh, by the way, one of the best defenses I've seen. They, they're very good against the run, so but just keep that in mind. But, um, yeah, this is a weird game because I, I've been really um, disappointed in, in the Bulldogs here. I mean, they have been awful on offense. I mean, they just can't move the ball, guys. I mean, last three weeks, I mean, I know they moved the ball against Auburn, and I give them that respect, but it wasn't anything great. I mean, where's Nick Fitzgerald been? I mean, they, they just haven't been able to throw the ball effectively. LSU, though, off that win, they looked pretty dominant. LSU's a weird team because one week they look real good, and then, then they lose to Florida the week before. I, I, I can't really gauge them right now. Um, I want to say Mississippi State's your play here, but I need to see something out of Fitzgerald. Where the hell is this guy went? I thought they were a little overrated coming into the year. Yeah. And I know people talked about Moorhead coming in here and taking over uh, for yeah. Mullen, yeah. but Mullen's that good. Yeah, like losing Dan Mullen, you know, was, was going to be tough. I thought Mississippi State was just a little bit overvalued. All right, before we get you out of here, big man, uh, Philadelphia Eagles, I was there on Thursday night uh, for their, their easy and convincing win against the New York Giants. It was good timing for the Eagles to get the Giants at that time. You know, like it was the perfect team at the perfect time for the Eagles they needed a win, and quite frankly, I think the New York Giants are probably the worst team in football uh, right now. Although there's, you know, you could debate it, but they're they're definitely right there. Now you get Carolina coming in, but Carolina's in a tough spot, and I don't know why the NFL schedule maker did this, but you notice, guys, there's a lot of teams that have to play these back-to-back road games against like the same division, you know. So like last week. You know, last week Carolina had to go on the road to Washington. Now they got to go on the road to Philadelphia. You know, I don't. You know, I don't know why they don't break it up Gabe, more, but it is what it is. Gabe, it's a tough scheduling what spot about the for char- Carolina. What, what about the Chargers too? I don't mean to interrupt, but look at these guys. They played a, on an. They went to Cleveland at one o'clock. Okay, so West yeah, Coast yeah. team going there. Now they're in London hosting Tennessee. Tennessee coming off a shutout loss. Like the Chargers got hooped this week, but uh, yeah, Carolina Philly. It should should be an interesting game. Yeah, the NFL only cares about Tom Brady's schedule. Yes. That's it. Like whatever. <laughs> no, it's, like whatever it's a the great Patriots. point. Like, look at, yeah, what are the Patriots doing? Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, the Patriots. Okay, well, yeah, you go oh, to pa- no, well, get, no, no, I'll tell you what. The, the Patriots, <laughs> Patriots got the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday night football. Yes. Coming off a 10-day rest. They didn't play yep. since the Thursday the night before. Meanwhile, Kansas City was in Denver on a Monday night. Hosted Jacksonville the following week. Uh, where the right. hell were they on the road the week after that? It was like a gauntlet of, like, I, I saw it. Like, Kansas City had flown, like, 12,000 miles or something. What a Patriots just sitting there. You know, what a coincidence that the Pats get set up on Sunday night uh, like that. 
So um, Eagles and Panthers. Are you ready to start laying points with the Eagles now, though, big man? Uh, n- not no, not really. I-, I do think this is a pretty good spot for them, though. You know, Carolina, you mentioned it. You know, the road game out of Washington. Now you got Philly as well. This team just hasn't been any good on the road, and the Eagles have been very good at home. Other than that Minnesota game, um, we know their success under Doug Peterson. There, I, I just Carolina has been a bit disappointing, especially like I said on the road. I think that, that you know they continue to just not address the uh, the secondary. I mean, their secondary sucks. I mean, it always does. It always will. I worry though. Again, the, the elephant in the room, the uh, offensive line for the Eagles. Um, it looks like Peters is going to play with this bicep injury. Um, and Lane Johnson's had an injury all year, um, supposedly. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're concerned up front. But you look at the NFC guys. Other than the, uh, the, the, the L.A. Rams, you can make the case the Eagles are still the second-best team. There's a lot of just good teams in the NFC. I know you got the Saints and you got some other teams as well. But I just don't want any part of, of – of this uh, Carolina team on the road. I, I just haven't seen anything to really warrant it. And I know the Eagles at home should bounce back. I'm still debating on whether I want to go to this game. I hate one o'clock games with a passion, um, but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I think the Eagles find a way. I think it's a pretty good scheduling spot, but now and next week you've got London. So it's just, there's a lot of things going on for both teams. Big man on campus uh, with us. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, big man's got to get out of here as do we. Uh, in a moment By the way, uh, or two. Uh, real quick, wanted to point this out. Our friend Babano, right? So <laughs> I, I asked him to this up because I, I, I was kind of I just love, love the stuff. <laughs> well, so, what what so did Babano I, do now? I asked him today. I said, listen, um, we have a show at 2 o'clock. And I, I asked him, I said, listen, would you be able to just, you know, we don't talk a lot of hockey. I see there's a pretty decent card tonight. Do you want to call in and give out a play? He says to me, I'm about to leave for the dentist. I can't do it. I said, I'm thinking, you know you can call in on your way. He told you he's going to the dentist. He told me the dentist. other day, I wanted. I asked him to come on for a quick hit for a preview. He told me he was going to the optometrist. Was this guy <laughs> go to a doctor every day, or is he just making this crap up? Now you got me thinking, big man. Ah. He told you dentist. He told me optometrist the other day. Lies. Lies. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. All right, level two. Game Time Decisions. Red Heat and Rage Radio. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. First pitches in about nine minutes. Both me and Cameron in agreement. We like the Boston uh, Red Sox to lose today to the Houston Astros, yeah. so take the Red Sox. If both me and Cam. Oh, and, no. Uh, hey, we were both on the Niners it, last night. <laughs> yeah, to make it three for three, our boy T-Bone is um, 
over at the Sportsbook right now in um, Tijuana. Nice. And uh, he's laying it down on the Houston Astros. The Astros like are the trendy, uh, uh, pick of the day. Yeah, Keuchel's numbers against Boston, not great, but I, I just I just really think he bears down today, and uh, uh, Houston will get it done today. They're professionals on that team. I get they're going to find a way. We'll, 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 we're going to get it done today, Gabe. I feel good about well, Houston. Jason it's be a good game. You've been watching what? too much Jason Witten. They're professionals well, on Whitten that the team. Kitten? Yeah. <laughs> Whitten, Whitten. That's Witten. That's one of his go-to professionals lines. professionals on Boston, too. <laughs> he's, he's a professional, Joe. That's what he tells Tessa all the time. He's a professional, Joe. It's a guy I know he's a professional. He's, in the, he's playing in the National Football League. He's on TV right Tessator now. Tessator gets, a professional he gets football fired player. up, too. Like eight-yard pass Tessator over the gets Oh, yeah. <laughs> he get, yeah, I know. That's, that crew, Devontae uh, Adams he, for yeah, six yards. <laughs> he always acts amazed. That's the thing with, with I know. It's like a, he's like a fat boy at the strip club for the first time and seeing, uh, like, seeing tits ever. He's like, oh, my God. Like it's it's basically like he's he's over, he's like, um, but by you know he's just over excited, and then when they get to when when something big happens actually it it taints it because yeah, he's already not, sold yeah. it so hard leading up to it right. It's like if well, you get well excited said, about well the four said. yard pickups, it's hard to get too excited about the touchdown after Joe. About, uh, yeah, about Goodwin's uh, touchdowns where he goes bananas. Yeah, exactly. You bring up good points. <laughs> I actually find. I actually find, uh, and I know everyone likes him, so I might be in a minority on this when I say this, but uh, I find Doc Everett is like that too much with the hockey. Like, yeah, yeah the type yeah, of guy camp yeah, on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. on Saturday afternoons, you know, when NBC has their hockey game on Saturday yeah, afternoon. Yeah, for sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I like to bet that from. game. There's nothing else before the yeah. college starts. They have a noon or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I just want to put it on. I'll bet the game, and I have it on in the background while I'm studying college or whatever. And if you bet a total, I swear to God, like, if you're not looking up, you'd think that, like, there's a scoring chance every, like, second of the game. And, oh, the puck, oh, my, you know, it's like, you know, like, guys that have, you know, to me, you can listen to a hockey broadcaster that's really, really good, and you just sort of know when there's a scoring chance. His his voice will only get excited when it actually yeah. is. I find yeah, that uh, Emmerich yeah. is just like, uh, he's enthusiastic, and I like it. It's like, I'm not saying he's not great. You guys See, are great, 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 great broadcaster, but it's just the subtleties of the style. Like, one of my favorite guys was Pat Summerall. And oh, Pat Summerall. Pat Summerall. Yeah, Pat Summerall, what was his, you know, what did he do when, when there was a touchdown? Touchdown, Cowboys. That's all he said. <laughs> yeah. Touchdown, yeah. Eagles. But you knew it was big, you know, because he was saying it. You know, it's like he was a man of few words, but he just the way he said it, touchdown Cowboys, and it was like oh touchdown, you know, and it just it, you know less is more. It's like music, right? Like who's more, like who shreds more, Ingvy Malmsteen or Jimi Hendrix? Ingvy Malmsteen, who's 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 cooler, Jimi Hendrix, right? Yep. It's less is more. The Rolling Stones and the Beatles. This isn't like uh, it's not overly complicated music that they wrote, right? But it also happens to be the most popular music of all time. So, you know, it's it's the less is more even in broadcasting. And it's ironic for someone yeah. like me who is sports rage, who yells all the time to be saying this. But <laughs> th- this is my bit, right? So this is what I do. I'm not the Monday Night Football host. Exactly. But I will say this. In comparison, Emmerich, you brought up the point. 
I think it's more real enthusiasm, like just meeting the man too. When yeah, I, was doing I think all you know, he just loves stuff. the game. The guy, he's just that the guy just loves hockey so much, and he's in one of those places where he wish everyone loved it. He's like one of those guys. He should be like the ambassador for the game because he's just he's a nice to sell man it. who loves it. Whereas Tessator's gig, I find, is a lot more forced. It's just more, well, more like a broadcasting sort of kind fake. of thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I I told you that before. I wasn't a real like. I'm not a real big fan of, of him, big time. But uh, oh, sorry, Gabe, you gotta go on Twitter. Jesse Lapine's at it again. He's got Babano in the dentist chair. <laughs> dentist was a legit excuse, <laughs> and he's got his thumb up. I haven't heard a worse excuse. Uh, I haven't heard amazing. a worse excuse from someone uh, since uh, uh, since the Saudis. So it was an interrogation gone wrong. You hear about this camp? They actually, like, chopped this guy up. Yo, I know. They actually, I know, like, I know. they hacksawed him up into pieces. And then they said, oh, it's an accident. <laughs> like, it was yeah, exactly. interrogation. Yeah, we brought up the saw. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I, brother. <laughs> I saw the best, the best tweet ever was, like, the Saudi, they haven't released the official response yet, but the world is freaking out, right? Um the world is freaking out because basically Saudi, you know, well, I don't want to get into this too much, but it's just, it's kind of comical. Yeah. It's not funny, but it is in one of those weird ways in the sense that, yeah. so there's this journalist guy, he works for the Washington, uh, Washington Post. And, um, you know, he's critical of the Saudi government and Saudis don't like it. Like right now, they probably like, they know I'm talking about him right now. And they're, you know, I'm oh, yeah, for sure. List. No, like they—they yeah. they are vindictive. They know. Remember what they did oh. to Canada last month? They were like, "We're." That's what I was going to say. Money. Like, like they're, they they threatened. They threatened the they're states angry, the other yeah. day. Yeah. They threatened. Yeah, yeah. Remember they, they did to Canada? They—they—they the, they, they, they posted a picture on Twitter of the CN Tower in Toronto with two planes flying into them, uh, and they I, said, "This <laughs> is what happens when you upset us." They basically admitted they were part of nine eleven. They were. Yeah. Like, it, it's amazing that the world, whatever, man, it's like fake. Yeah. You know, we invade yeah. the wrong countries after, but whatever. So, so Saudi Arabia, they just can do whatever they want because they buy everything, right? So they invest in everything. I got to probably, I'm going to find out they, you know, they own us. So they invest in everything, and that's their way of <laughs> shutting people up. They just invest they in everything. They you know, they just invest in everything. That's their way of, like, yes. taking everything over. Yeah. You can't bitch about them because yep. they invest in everything. So... Anyway, so this guy is, uh, you know, he's critical of them and stuff. Um, he went into the Saudi embassy in Turkey. And basically, he was trying to get a merit certificate. And now he was a dissident of Saudi Arabia. But he's still a Saudi Arabian citizen. Yep. But he's not a criminal. But the government doesn't like him. So, in other words, he went into the consulate it's like you going to get your driver's license, Cam, and they pull you in a back room and they cut you into pieces. So yeah. he went in and he never came out. He disappeared. And they said for like two weeks, we don't know what you're talking about. He left. Yeah. You know what I mean? Except Turkey's pissed off because they, they, Saudi Arabia just whacked somebody on their soil. Right? It's right out of a spy thing. So they, they sent a hit squad to get him. But what's comical, so they denied it forever and blah, blah, blah. The world's turning on yep. them now, and no one's going to do anything about anything because money talks. So, yep. you know, now they're saying he was a terrorist, and that's going to be their new spin. So, but what, anyways, the best that, so they're like, oh, it was an interrogation gone wrong. That's going to be their official thing now. Yeah, yeah, he came in, and it was an interrogation that gone wrong. <laughs> but the thing is, he never left. So basically, like, they chopped him up, allegedly. They chopped him up, and. 
The, the best tweet I saw yesterday was, and their, their excuse was basically, we meant to kidnap him. That was the thing. They said they're going to say that they just wanted to extradite him. We meant so they, to that's kidnap their line. Him, but... We meant to kidnap him, but we ended up cutting him in little pieces. We're sorry. Um, it sounds like it's like uh, Fargo, the movie. It's, it's straight out of like a, a Coen Brothers movie. Listen, we're really sorry. We just meant to kidnap the guy and beat the crap out of him. We didn't mean to cut him into little pieces, but, you know, things uh, escalated quickly. What can we say? Well, he's gone. <laughs> like, it takes a lot just, of balls to do that in somebody else's jurisdiction, like in, in their uh, he, on, yeah. on their property, basically. Yeah, right? it's one like, thing yeah, for like, them to execute people on their own soil. But exactly. Yeah, but, yeah, we'll go to Turkey. In an and, embassy. Yeah, don't worry, they will. In an yeah, embassy, yeah, yeah, right? Exactly. In an embassy. That's even more. Well, they're going to say that, hey, it's their soil. They can do what they want. I'm sure that's what they were thinking. Uh, but I don't, I don't think but so. But basically, listen. We know that, you know, a lot of people get killed by governments around the world. Yep. It's just most of the time it's not so openly done in the public where everyone knows yeah. and it's like everyone sees. And the Turkish government threw them under the bus and they said, listen, we have video surveillance of everything. And they said, here he is going in. He never left. <laughs> so you're the last one with him. He never left. It's just um, it's kind of crazy. So here's another crazy story here I see. Uh, this is on Twitter right now. A Florida driver went to see a uh, guy, guy in Florida went to see um, the movie Final Destination. You know the movie's Final Destination, Cam? No, I don't know that one. No. It's a stupid, like, you know, sort of like a teen type, like scream type franchise. Oh, like movie. a Nickelode- Nickelodeon type thing. Yeah. No, 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 not Nickelodeon. No. Like the horror movie Scream. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Oh, I don't know okay. what the horror movie scream is either, Yes, do now I know. Now I do, I do. Now Cam I know what you're talking about. Dateline. He has no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's basically, it's like a, a horror movie with chicks in tight sweaters and ripped dudes yeah. and oh, yeah. cars and stuff, all right? Sounds so, amazing, yep. Continue? Yeah, yeah. So, no, it's cheesy, but it's fine. So, Final Destination, basically, is that you're going to die. That you wake up in a day and you're, it's, your, <laughs> it's your final day. And it's just, it's kind of depressing. It's just a movie in which crazy things happen to people all the time. They can't escape it. Like, they nearly die, and then they, they get away, but then the bridge collapses, and they die. Like, so it's just, it's sort of like a death, you know, thrill-type movie. Um, so what's crazy is a guy in Florida went to see the movie, and then when he left the movie after, his car was impaled <laughs> by a piece of wood. I'll retweet it right now. It nearly wow. killed him. Yeah, yeah, you got to show me that. That's he crazy. went to a movie. Yeah, he went to a movie about people getting killed. This is why I wouldn't go to a movie like that. I don't support this. I don't want to die. Like I, I don't. I never understand that. Like, why would people want to go see a movie where like you're gonna die? <laughs> like, like that's the point of the movie that you're gonna die. It's like really, like I don't so, know, man. So you're saying it's look? I just read. Look at the wood. Look at the wood, Cam. Look at the wood. I got to get to this. So I was gonna see if he was driving a convertible or something like that, or sports rage. I don't know how it didn't impale the guy. It went. It went under the windshield. Let me see. Oh my and god! Oh yeah, it's like a cheap. Pe- oh my god! It's like a, just a piece of plywood, like right through the wind. Oh my! It's like a ninja star right through his glass. You said it. If man. anybody like, wants to see this, I just retweeted it. I'm oh, at, uh, at Sports Rage on Twitter. At Sports Rage, it too. Of course, Florida plywood. 
Plywood flies through windshield, narrowly missed. How did? Yeah, great point. And then missed one Florida him. driver right went there, through just... a near final destination oh. moments uh, over the weekend after his vehicle was impaled by a piece of plywood. Of course, Brevard County. That's like going yeah. to see Broward. That's Brevard. like going. That's like going to see Friday the Thirteenth. And you leave the theater with Lisa, and you're walking down the street, and a guy in a hockey mask like chases you down That's, the street. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. I can't believe you. what you said, too. I can't believe how perfectly, like, just the angle of the wood. Like, how, how did it get, did it fly off? So, so it had to be a tractor trailer, like somebody doing some stuff with Home Depot or one of those was hardware stores. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. It went right through the Honda Civic. Dude, Keuchel's getting rocked. Like, he's given up. It's already one nothing Boston. They have no outs. Second and third. Oh, yeah, this is just a great start. Maybe great it's start. good. Maybe it's a good sucks. thing I didn't get over to the book on time. Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe. See, I told you. It's, well, yeah, I got to get out gonna, there after, I'm, though, I'm and it's going to be traffic. Now it's going to be yeah. traffic now. I usually go during the day. You got a pile of guy. crap. Like, quick. What a joke. So you know, it's, I just love it's like one nothing, second and third no outs. Everything's hit hard. Like this guy, he's a like Keiko's just not the Dude, same. You can't guy. bet I, big I just, on these baseball games. I went big on the Dodgers yeah. last night, and I regret it. Well, yeah, not that big, but big enough. It. it pissed me off. Yeah. So yeah, Kiki Hernandez is pitching. What, what, what a jerk! And uh, I'm with you. Great call on Mary Hart. She's she's hardcore. She's staying until the end of the game. You know, all in there, fired up, and yeah, yeah. So it's the fans' fault. Sure it is. Okay. You said it, man. For a team Corey Parsons said that he. What they Corey do. Parsons said he wouldn't have sex with Mary Hart now. Are you nuts? Because she's because she's sixty-seven. She looks great. Who gives still. a shit? Oh man, oh, yeah, nice. sign me up. Let me see Mary Hart. All day. Oh, yeah. if Mary if Mary Hart I, knocks on my door crazy? right now, I, I, I'm answering. Are you kidding me? She looks great. She's in great shape. Yeah, like oh, come on now. <laughs> Oh, she's missed South Dakota in 1970. Man, she looks great. 67? Wow. She, strong. she was strong. She's she beautiful. Miss Dakota. She, lo- she was Yeah, she, she was, was Miss Dakota Miss in 1970. Miss South Dakota 1970 semifinalist Miss America 71. I was born in that was Terry Hart. Bert Sugarman. One child. Mary Joanna Harum. Madison was she was born in Madison, South Dakota. Yeah, 67. She's a um, coming up, Gabe. She's a, a diehard Dodger fan. Oh yeah, she's so at every our, Dodger game. Our boy uh, Feinberg, yeah, she really is almost at every game. She sits right behind home plate too, and she stays like she's you know. Uh, yeah, our yeah, boy Feinberg hardcore. noticed last night. Larry King wasn't there last night, which I find strange. Larry King's also at pretty much every Dodgers game. Not He's like Larry, not stuff. to beat the game. He's doing a lot more stuff. I know he does uh, the the late what, infomercials, infomercials with stuff. that. Uh, yeah, yeah, with that cr- cr- crazy doctor are, and the new chick. But there's new ones. Oh, of course they're pre taped But I'm just saying he's got a whole game. He's got a whole library of them. Like it's not like he's not doing other stuff. Like that guy's always working on stuff. You know where he does the one with the guy with the spaghetti hair and the hot older chick? There's a new one for Omega Three Fish Oils. Like what Romo used to. Uh, Hi guys, it's Bill Romanowski. I got fish. Like it's one of those. Uh, yeah, new fish oils. But he he updated it with the same guy and the same lady, but they're newer, hipper, and cleaner. Like they're on pretty late at night. So yeah, he's doing a lot of stuff, Larry. <laughs> Larry, I just can't believe. Yeah, I, I just I'm, can't. I'm surprised Corey wouldn't uh, would, wouldn't have sex with Barry Hart. I think it'd be a great experience. 
Well, anyway, I think he could have been. I don't know. I maybe maybe he was just lying. I'm not. I'm not sure. He just didn't want to admit you know, like, it. Exactly. I like I'll Nick Popper Giorgio nice. says. Like when Tommy got whacked in uh, in Goodfellas when he thought he was getting made, that was a great scene. Yeah, we had a little problem and he's gone. There, there was nothing we could do. <laughs> but remember, De Niro goes, "What do you mean he's gone?" And yeah, Buddy says, yeah. "He's gone. He's gone. <laughs> what do you mean he's gone? He's gone. <laughs> he, he's gone. He's gone." And then he goes, yeah, there, was, there was a problem. There was nothing we could do. He's gone. Yeah. He's gone. <laughs> De Niro starts smashing the phone. <laughs> Maybe we can get out of this with a, just a little bit of damage. 2 nothing. Yikes. All right, here's uh, uh, Babano in the, <laughs> in the dentist chair. I told you, it's amazing. <laughs> All right, Jesse. Babano is... Now get one... <laughs> Get one with the optometrist. What is an optometrist, yeah. anyways? Isn't that what's that for the eyes? Eye doctor. Eye doctor. I, I don't even know. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fancy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fancy Sports Radio Network app. The Fancy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fancy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fancy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. We got some breaking news from the world of uh, mixed martial arts. George St. Pierre says that uh, he does want to fight Khabib. Ooh, which is uh, which really would be uh, listen. Khabib Epic. needs a challenge, man. Yeah, he needs a challenge. And listen, I think he should fight Tony Ferguson though. That that's the fight that needs to happen. Let him, you know, Tony Ferguson and Khabib have been on a collision course for years. It's never happened. Now Khabib's the champ. Don't be, don't you know, don't run around and you know, you know, not fight him. I was gonna say uh, be a dick or douche, but I guess I just said it. So, <laughs> um, I mean, Khabib's talking about fighting Mayweather now, and the whole thing with him fighting Mayweather is number one, it's stupid, but. Everyone, no one takes it seriously, but no one took Connor versus Floyd seriously at first either. At least I didn't. I was like, that's not going to nope. happen. And then ultimately it did. Sort of like Trump winning the presidency, right? People, oh, that, that's, no, no, that, that's not going to happen. And, and then, boom, he does. So people have sort of the same thing now where, ha, 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 Khabib called out uh, Floyd yet. Like, guys, you know what I mean? If once people start to think, hey, if he wants to do it and... The other guy wants to do it. Hey, you know, and we can make you know two hundred million dollars. Exactly. Let's just do it. Money, right? So, Money. You, you almost have to put the fire out on these things right away and say nobody wants to see. Great that. point, Gabe. You know, I, I because don't otherwise want to see you're going to fan. Yeah, 
I know. We don't need to see Khabib versus Floyd. It's another cash grab. It means it's nothing. actually it's stupid. stupid. It makes no sense. It, it is striking. stupid. It's like, what? It's like, it, it is dumb. So you're having a professional boxer against a guy that's incredibly sound on the ground, and that's the, that's his forte. You're right, Gabe. You know you, you know more about mixed martial arts, but I'll tell you, Tony Ferguson and him would be an amazing fight. And after that, if you want to do George St. Pierre, they're both, what are their specialties? Ground game. So they're both they're both of their strengths are there. It makes no sense to have a guy that's an amazing wrestler and grappler on the ground up against a professional boxer. It's just stupid and it's ridiculous. Why do people just assume? Oh, because he's a good mixed martial artist, he can get it, get into a ring and, and box. I think it's nuts. It's just stupid. Yeah, Tony, but anyway, I, Tony, fan t- that fan that fire. Tony Ferguson deserves the fight. There should be yeah. no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And. And don't forget, man. If if Connor wants the rematch, he, he'd get uh, he'd get the fight before anybody. I don't think Connor wants. I don't think Connor wants the rematch. I think Connor is uh, um, happy pimping his uh, his proper twelve whiskey. I was going to call it crappy whiskey, but I never <laughs> drank it, so I never drank it. We need you to taste test it. Okay, I'll go. Yeah, and I really don't want to spend spend the money for a bottle, but if it's uh, will help, will help the show. And another thing, Gabe, you were talking about Donald Trump earlier. Like this guy, this guy kills me. Like I, I know the lawsuits drop, but like calling Stormy Daniels horse face. Like who does this guy think he is? Like when he wakes up in the morning, does he think he's an Adonis? Like God's gift to woman? Like guy, guy cuts up women's looks like quite a bit. It's pretty ridiculous. Like the guy thinks he's some kind of stud muffin. It's like get real, bro. Like you know what I mean? If like, you've noticed, you really think you're you're a hot dude? Okay. If you've noticed over the last couple of weeks, or it's been about the last month or so, Trump's like really in fu mode to the everybody. Yeah, he, <laughs> like, he sure he, is. He's raised it up a notch. Like if anyone thinks like he's toning it down, no, he's he's raising it up a notch. You know what I mean? He just doesn't care. He dropped a good line on Leslie Stahl on sixty minutes the other night. She's going back and forth with him, and he's sort of arguing with him a bit. And yeah. he just goes, hey, hey. He goes, I'm president, and you're not. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, I know. You just got to he looked at her and said it. Yeah, I was just thinking, how many times does he tell people that? Well, you know, I'm the president, so that's yeah, just too bad. So, <laughs> But, yeah, he is in, uh, yeah, I don't know. Listen, I'm tired of the Stormy Daniels stuff. She should go away. Avenatti's just annoying right now. He wants to run for president, oh, yeah. too. And that's the whole thing, too. People, that. you don't take him seriously, <laughs> but whatever, man. Next thing you know, he's going to be up there on the debate stage, right? It's a crazy world we're in, but Trump's got to be careful now. You know, he's calling her out. She's already uh, pointing out that he's got a small, uh, you know. Yeah. She's calling him a tiny. mushroom cap. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's, you call me that's horse her face. nickname for him. I call you mushroom, tiny. mushroom cap. Tiny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was like a picture of like her and a horse face, and him like as a mushroom. <laughs> I was just like, kind of, yeah, okay. <laughs> like he's got it, 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 it's just amazing the stuff that you can get away with today. Like nobody in the right mind would even like like do these things before, but you say, Gabe, we talk about it. Different uh, Jeff, world, different strokes. Our boy Jeff Jankovich is uh, tuning in right now. Actually, big fan of you, uh, Jeff. Yeah. We got to get Jeff on. He's got hot takes uh, on everything. I like actually. Jeff. Yeah, he says that it should be mandatory. Yeah, mandatory on the show that you do your Romanowski uh, fish oil impression every thirty minutes. 
Oh, Marancy, you wouldn't believe what they're doing at the bottom of the pile. I'll tell you, we are grabbing nuts. We're raking ass. We'll do anything to get a loose ball, baby. You got to win. It's all about winning. Fish oil. Good for your mind. Yeah, oh, it's oh. funny. Bill Romanowski would come on, and he'd be pimping fish oil and talking about brain power and stuff. And yeah. then he'd, like, forget the question that you asked him. Uh, yeah, what was that question you just asked about him? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, in the pile, yeah. I got Romo. Oh, Romo's he, good. You wouldn't, he's the best. He's the best. You wouldn't believe what happened at the bottom of the pile. Pile there, guys. It was crazy. Yeah, he goes. <laughs> he's I do. Like, I do anything to get the football. Exactly. I, yeah, I poke guys in the eye. He goes. I grab. He goes. I grab him by the junk before. Like he goes, I, I. I do anything. Oh, I, Remember I he started telling. He goes. He goes. I'd study what the, what the what their girlfriend and mother's names were and. He goes, I, I knew everything about, about everybody. <laughs> He's the best. You're right. That's exactly That's what That's when it was. football like, players were nut great... jobs and stuff. Like, yeah, uh... yeah, exactly. Great guest. Great guest. Like, you said it. Like, everything was good. You know, we're telling old stories. We're telling Niner stories, Raider stories. And then you said it. After a while, it was just forgets. And then he just started going off. It was the best. I miss Romo. Yeah, we see what he's pimping yeah, again, too. Gabe, and just say, hey, you know, what are you doing? And uh, you want to come he's on? He's kind of fallen out. Have a platform. He's kind of fallen out of the media circle thing. Yeah. He used to be on a lot of shows pimping his, uh, the fish oil. But, he, I don't know, he hasn't been around as much lately. I find the thing is, you know, it's tough with the older guys. A lot of them don't watch the game all the time, right? So yeah. you can't really talk ter- current stuff with them. And I also find... They're always ticking time bombs. You get these old guys on, and they're very—they're always going to say something like, uh, "Like we had Lenny Dykstra, who just got charged with like terrorism oh, yeah. and all that." Well, remember when we had Lenny He's Dykstra? The- I had Lenny Dykstra on, and you know, it started out harmless, but he started talking about gay baseball players, and yeah. went went from harmless went to him like you know getting really crazy and stuff. Yeah. Oh, he went <laughs> off the rails. Like he used to go on Howard Stern show all the time, too, Gabe. Yeah. Tell well, that's the stories, thing. Man. Yeah. Like, it's like I know, I know. Well, I, you know, we're we're in a snowflake world now. Everyone gets offended by everything yeah. so easily. You know. Yeah, got to get thicker skin, right? You know. Yeah, Take people wake up people offended come, now. People come at me all the time. It's part. It's part of the business. He, hey, man, if you're gonna dish it, the, the thing I have with people is, like, you know what I mean. If you're going to dish it out, you got to be able to take it. And people come at me, like, hard all the time. Like, my buddies, the jokes they used to play on me, man, it's just I told you. They used to sneak in my house, you know, steal all my stuff, you know, leave treasure maps. I'd be working at the, the pizza joint. I'd come home. I'd, I hear, like, prowlers. i got a golf club ready to kill somebody. They're all, ha, ha, in the basement howling. You know, there have been times I remember I was refereeing a game. They stole my car, put it in a different parking lot. Like, I could have flipped out. I'm like, hey, it's life, you know. I don't mind that stuff. I, I appreciate you know, like good my- jokes. You like my current uh, tweet here? A naked man in Manhattan fist fights oh, yeah. Lisa. <laughs> yeah, so he's like the shark tank. Uh, yeah, apparently Lisa was telling me uh, that guy was absolutely tuned. That uh, the shark guy, obviously. And great yeah, did they get though, Shark Tank Man yet? Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't think they've arrested. I, I, I don't know like what the whole story is, but I'm telling you, I don't understand it. To your point, like how did the, how did he not like? Do they? At those aquariums, do they give the sharks and the dangerous fish uh, tranks? Like, because how do you how do you survive? Like, how does a shark not attack yeah. a human when he well, doesn't have it, anything? Like, well, well, no. number one, sharks don't always attack humans just for the sake of it. Yeah, no, right? you're like right. Like the shark you're... wasn't the shark wasn't bothered by him. Like the shark looked up and wasn't hungry. Number two, but like you said, 
dude, these aren't. They, I think the sharks were raised in captivity. Like, you take a shark out of the ocean, you drop it in that aquarium. It's like out of Jaws with Lou Gossett, Jaws three, the three D one. He'll be trying to crack through. <laughs> he'll be like, he'll be going at everything. Like he's going to be pissed off. You know what I mean? He's not going to be in a good mood. Like that. Yeah, I, I would imagine that. Yeah, I, I hate to admit it, but yeah, I'm imagining that uh, the sharks are are hopped up on something. They gotta be. Like that shark would be screwed in the wild type thing. You know what I mean? He'd just be cruising along like a little poodle, and a real like sh- ocean sharks. They were, you know, he'd be in a lot of trouble out there. <laughs> Exactly. I like to, I don't know, I, I, I like, what I want to know is, on the other side of this, is evidently the uh, the Ripley's uh, Aquarium in downtown Toronto, it would be a pretty easy place to rob because evidently you can walk in and just jump into the tank twice. He jumped in twice. He got out, and then he did like a backflip back into the tank, yeah. <laughs> got out, put his clothes on, and walked out of the place. And it's five days later, and he's still walking around out there. You know, meanwhile, the Toronto cops are worried about someone that stole, like, a cell phone at a abortion protest or something, you know? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a whacked-out world. David Weaver. Oh, we got a name now? Picture they, yeah, they got a picture of him. Oh, okay. The best is the picture because <laughs> it, so, it was so bad, the one at the security. They got a picture of him at, like, medieval times as his mug shot. Like, <laughs> are you actually, kidding me? This guy actually... No, so no, this no, guy like, loves theme parks. Picture, yeah, this guy. No, the picture was taken there. He's got like in the background, like they have two pictures. Uh, they have two shots of him, but he's wearing like a toque and stuff. Gabe, I'm telling you, if you look oh, at this guy, is. he looks really familiar. Really familiar. Like, I mean, I don't just say that. Like, my parents used to go, "Oh yeah, you're talking about that." He guy looks like Frank Mysteries. Mir. You saw him. He actually does look like Frank Mir a lot. And that picture that they had was really. You're telling me that yeah, you 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 think you know this guy somehow? Oh yes. Yes, yes. Like that guy's in like downtown. I think he used to go to the, the horse book and stuff. Like this guy's just So a here wild, it is. So police man, say a guy. man police say a man who stunned patrons and staff in a popular Toronto aquarium when he stripped naked, hopped a security barrier, and jumped into a shark tank is one in a connection with an earlier assault. Wow. The man spent He's several minutes BC. swimming in the tank. Of course he is. Gosh, That's where Drew, crazy Drew's from. That's the man spent several so minutes I, swimming in a tank with sand tiger sharks, sawfish, and moray eels. Yeah, All right, on Friday night around 10.30. Police say they're now looking for David Weaver of Nelson, British Columbia, who's also on a connection with alleged assault at another location earlier Friday that seriously injured a man. <laughs> what? Wow. At one point, according to officials, video posted that the man briefly uh, paused his swim and appeared to be getting out at the urging of security guards. A moment later, he dove backwards into the tank as onlookers let out a cheer. The aquarium had said the man was with a woman when he entered and exited the facility, but left behind his jacket and T-shirt as he scrambled to leave before the police arrived. It was premeditated and intentional, says uh, the aquarium general manager. He wasn't there to enjoy jazz night because he was only here for 20 minutes. Uh, I guess they have a aquarium. Yeah, it was Friday night jazz night, which features live music and cash bars. Wow, sounds cool. The facility surveillance footage shows a man and woman bought tickets to the jazz night at 10 p.m., made their way directly into the dangerous lagoon, a 2.9 million liter tank that is a centerpiece tourist attraction. The man jumped in the pool at 10.26 and was out five minutes later. Seems crazy that he spent $70 for 20 minutes, Doyle says. <laughs> um, this guy. Well, the police are calling wow. it an indecent exposure incident. 
Uh, we arrived, cops were defensive. We arrived on the scene within seven minutes, but he was already gone. Yeah, and to All your right, point, so earlier says, the whenever day, you surp- yep. So early, it says earlier in the day, he just walked up to somebody and assaulted them. So yeah, this guy's off? Wow. He's described as 5 feet 10, 220 pounds, big dude. Heavy hey, build, shaved head, goatee, missing a front tooth. <laughs> oh, man. Police believe that he is driving a green Dodge Caravan with BC license plates PL120G. Wow, they've got this guy. i got to know everything about this guy. <laughs> Yeah, he's in big trouble. It's who wants to jump in a crazy tank with me. sharks. I know, and the thing was like, and and uh, there's a thing that says, whenever you surprise or corner any type of animal, whether it's a sh- dog or shark, it could potentially bite back. But these are not the aggressive sharks like you see on TV. So basically, to your earlier point, yeah, they're just bigger sharks fish. Are either, they just look, yeah, yeah they're, do- they're they docile. look cool. They but look like they, sharks, but yeah. But they still can bite you, but just not in the same way. Like a real shark in the real water would tear you apart. Oh, they can dead. still so bite you, but maybe it's still going to dog, right? Yeah. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did know this. But like I said, even sharks in the ocean, like, you know, if a shark, like, you have to get in their way. You know what I mean? Like, they're not, like, mm-hmm. out there swimming around. It's not like the movies no, looking. where they're swimming around looking for chicks in bikinis to eat. For sure. You know I mean? Exactly. <laughs> chicks in bikinis. This is the best game. By 9.15. Sounds like uh, something Tomo Sincata would be doing. Yeah. Hey, police have linked the sw- swim. Uh, where is, uh, yeah, where is Steam Shrimps? It says, police have linked the swim to the unsolved assault and issued a clear photograph of the suspect, apparently taken at Medieval Times dinner show. <laughs> This guy's all over the place. Like that that picture was. So this guy, this is unbelievable. Guy, he went. Yeah, he's all over the place. So medieval times, guys, is a restaurant theme in Toronto. By, it's actually it, it was, by our old it was studio. Right behind, yeah, it was right behind where I used to live in our studio. Yeah, and, and it's a massive place. It's like right out of Pet, uh, like uh, Jim Carrey, like in the movie Cable Guy. It's like well, really one of those places. There's no utensils. You call the waitress's wench. You're like, hey, wench, can I get a beer, please? Like, they, they want to be called wenches. And yeah. it's like this big place, and they have, like, dudes and horses and armor, but you, you get out of the crowd and stuff. But you have to sign a waiver because you really get knocked off the horse and stuff. So it's just gold that this guy, what, he went to dinner? He went to dinner with the chick at Medieval Times and then decided to go over to the Ripley's. He was on a real... I guess it could have been worse. He could have, like, pushed someone off the CN Tower. I'm sure the CN Tower was next on the list. Exactly. It's like you're, you said it, Gabe. It's like the guy had, like, a hit list of things to do while in Toronto. Go to Medieval Times, yeah. pick a fight, yeah, jump beat, in tank Beat someone sharks. up at Medieval Times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. He had a, a to-do <laughs> list. Yeah. yeah That's crazy. Great. Man. Go to Medieval Times. Get in fight. Punch somebody. <laughs> Flee scene. Go to... Go to Ripley's Aquarium, jump in Shark Tank. I'm surprised he didn't, like, punch the shark. Yeah, that's another thing. Though Then then it would have pissed him off, though. That's the thing. The sharks might be docile, but you can't be uh, teasing them too much. You said, get in their way, chomp, chomp. That's when things would And you see what stupid. the reports say, too. Onlookers cheered. They didn't get, like, they weren't like, oh, yeah. get out of the water. They cheered. Well, people people are sadistic. Are, they're, they're, like, I they know, probably wanted to another... see him get eaten by the shark. Exactly. Yes, they did. That's the world we're living in, buddy.
See the Babano eye chart? <laughs> Lapine's at it again. This guy's the best. <laughs> oh, man, it's so good. <laughs> I don't know. Babano's either not telling the truth or he's a very unhealthy person. Game time decisions continues. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Game time decisions. Red Heat and Rage Radio. Astros got one back, Gabe. 2-1. Runners on the corners, two outs. They also Three have runners first on first so and far. third. Yep. Yeah, a lot of runs up on the board early. He's on his 24th uh, baseball pitch, game. So the, this is this is interesting. Both pitchers got rocked early, a lot of high pit counts. So we're going we're gonna to see a bullpen game probably pretty early uh, in this one. Should be very interesting. Probably lots of runs. Yeah, there's a lot of baseball. A lot of baseball yep, lot of left. Baseball. So I, I brought... I brought this up earlier, so of course the Dodgers uh, play uh, this evening, and uh, here's their starting lineup actually uh, tonight. You've got uh, Taylor, um, CT3 is out there in left field, Justin Turner, third base, uh, bat second, uh, Freeze, um, David Freeze, bats third, first base, Manny Machado, clean up, yep. Brian Dozier gets the call. They're shaking their lineup up tonight. I like Dozier. Kiki I Hernandez like is in center field. Yusil Puig is in right field, uh, batting seventh. Austin Barnes in for Grandal, uh, bats eighth. And then Rich Hill on, on, on the bump here tonight for the Dodgers, batting ninth. And you notice no Bellinger, no Grandal, and uh, no Jock Peterson uh, as well. Dodgers uh, shaking it up uh, tonight. Uh, we'll get you the Milwaukee Brewers uh, lineup uh, in a couple of moments. Twitter is uh, blowing up uh, here the, the, this, this evening. And... <laughs> See the picture of you and Mary Hart. It's amazing. We like honestly, Jesse Lapine. I've never seen anything like this guy. He's just he is so good at this stuff. It's like I just. If I was Mary Hart's husband, I wouldn't like this one. They'd be like, he'd oh, think man, or something. Yeah, but look at you. Yeah, you look ha- you look happy. Like it's just like I really like. I really amazing. slid in here, right, with Mary Hart. Yeah, exactly. She looks good. Mary Hart's looking great in this shot. Yeah, I know. I don't understand. I, I love. I, I love the fantasy exactly. He's a great guy, but I couldn't. I couldn't disagree more. Like she. For that, yeah, we'll like, have to get fantastic. to the bottom. We'll have to get to the bottom of uh, of Corey Parson and uh, and the Mary Hart uh, situation. Yeah. So let's see. Have the Astros? Uh, wow, Boston gets out of it. Yeah. Two yeah, one. Two to one. Two to one. Long game, Gabe. Long game. So. So you're gonna pull the trigger back. on the Dodgers here tonight? Yeah, I am. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, uh, you know, I don't like laying the juice with this team right now, and it feels like no. We're down to one forty, actually. That actually, down yeah, to I'm seeing one. Yeah, it's actually yeah on my book, Gabe. It's uh 
one of them's got them at like 137. Like they do, they don't do like just the even odds. They do like basically they'll even do uneven. And it just seems to be people are smashing the Brewers because they're a confident team right now. Jeffers got out of that jam last night. Seen pitched his ass off. You know, the, the Brewers look good. Like they're very, very scary. They didn't use Hater last night. That could have come back and bit them in the ass if the Dodgers could have had a nice comeback in the ninth. But I like the Dodgers tonight. Hopefully mixing it up is good. Bellinger's been striking out too much. It's a problem. I know he's a lethal hitter, but, you know, they, ha- they have to do this type of thing. They they have to find a way to manufacture some runs. They go- you got to, like, when any of these guys on second and third, we got to sack fly. I don't care. Just don't strike out and, and don't ground into double plays. Just even a nice fly ball. Get Get the basics. Get the get the runs, and everything will be all right tonight. We need Hill to to, to yeah. pitch well. I think he will. I've talked about this, um, and I, I talked about it last night, and it's bothered me for a little while now. The Dodgers and the Dodgers. Listen, they were successful against the Braves doing this, and for the most part, this is the way that they played this year, in which the batting average was down, the power was up, and they survived with the long ball for the most part. But it's like the Dodgers are in a, like they play like an American League style now, and you're a National League team. Your manager is Dave Roberts, right? So Dave Roberts is the guy that stole the base with two out against the the New York Yankees for the Boston Red Sox. They never come back. That whole thing never happens if he's thrown out at second. Like that whole yep. best comeback in baseball history started with him stealing a base. And you talked about it. Last night, yeah, the bases are loaded and all that crap or whatever. It was 4 nothing. Um, in the fifth inning, and that to me, that's what angered me the most, and I knew it. You're right. They, they, had, they had a runner on second with nobody out, and they got nothing out of it. And you know what happened? There was three consecutive strikeouts, Cam. And I'm yep. thinking to myself after, I'm like, guys, you're a National League team. You're scuffling to score runs. You have a runner on second with nobody out. Why the hell don't you just bunt them over to third? Bunt them over. Like, yeah, you just need the run. Bunt them over to third. Very simple. Like it's National League baseball. Yeah, you know it, what and I, mean? I love National the, the League. Game, the game was one nothing at the time. Like you should have been, we need to tie this game. They didn't tie yes. the game. They struck out. And then next thing you know, it's 4 nothing. two innings later. Like, it would have changed correct. everything if they would have tied. And then if the crowd would have been into it. And the stadium and the players you, and the dugout would have been alive. But... You know, for the some reason, works. Dave Roberts, and it was terrible. Like Grandel struck out; they were all bad at bats. Guys are watching. It was just terrible. And I thought, after you have a man on second with nobody out, and you get nothing out of it. You know, you don't even bunt him over. You know, no steals, no aggressivity, no. You know, basically, it's just American League baseball. You know, let's just hope that Cody Bellinger hits a home run or Turner hits a home run. And it's tough to win like that. That's why the Yankees got uh, knocked out. You can't win on just trying to hit home runs. The Dodgers need to, like, play some small ball and cash in when they can. I'm going to tell you, Gabe, and you know, that first run is so, for your psyche, is absolutely monstrous. The difference between, yeah, you said it, one nothing and 1-1 when you're a team as a favorite and starting to question yourself and have some bad at-bats and swing at junk and swing at air and, you know, what the hell's going on here? The wheels are falling off. Like, you get that first run, it opens up the floodgates for more confidence. Other guys are going to do their, their their jobs. I'm telling you, it's, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think the Dodgers just get the first run in this game, stop dicking around, and when you really start to think about it, thank God for Turner's home run there. Like, you're de- imagine now you're down 3 nothing going into this game tonight. Like, they barely came back and won that game, too. So, yeah, it's desperation time. All right, so we'll keep you up to date with the baseball. 
um, NHL hockey uh, this evening. We had a good night last night. Uh, the Leafs, that uh, game didn't go over, but we had the Leafs. We had the Predators. Good call by you. Um, yeah, you had a good night. I'm not going to lie. I had the Red Wings, and uh, I'm glad I took a couple overs, but, God, that was a horrible pick. Uh, Montreal kicked ass. DFS went great, though. I had Jonathan Drouin. He had a monster night, and you know. but uh, good call by you, Marenzi. I thought Detroit would be in a good spot there, and uh, they were brutal. Montreal, Montreal, I'll tell you one thing about the Canadians this year. They don't get outworked. I've watched almost every one of their games this year. They had that game. I went to meet uh, Visine, Vince, and Fast Talk, and Mike to watch the Packers-Niners game. They had the Leafs and Habs game uh, up there with the baseball. And uh, I'll tell you about the Canadians. They might not be the most talented team, but they work their ass off. They're not, uh, they're not floating anymore. They're not, like, they're not like the old team. It's almost like they've taken a new identity. We know we're not the most talented. We're not as good as Toronto or Pittsburgh. They're outworking teams, and it's, it's a great sign because when Carey Price comes back, uh, you can win games like that with good goaltending. Yeah, it has been a surprisingly quick start uh, for the Canadians. Canadians have often started seasons off quickly, actually. But True. You know, no. they're kind of a weird roster, and I'm not a fan of the general manager of the Canadians at all. Uh, but one thing we'll say, it wasn't working with the roster that they had, right? So it's, they, they have a really strange team. Like, it's just it's like a bunch of weird players and sort of, no, you know, misfits. And they have guys that quiet, are underachievers. Quiet Europeans. Yeah, they have they have quiet Europeans with outspoken kind of goon types. Like you got Max Domi, who like he'll fight you, he'll he'll work hard. Then you have very quiet European guys. Hello, it's like they have that eighteen year old kid. They got it's yeah, you're right, Gabe. It's a very interesting dichotomy. Then you got like little mouthpieces like uh, Gallagher. He's kind of like Ken Kenny Linsman the Rat. You know what I mean? A guy that's going to get in your face. They have agitators, quiet Europeans. And grinders, like it's, a, they actually have a really nice mix of guys. I, I like what they're doing because before they had, you know, Pacioretty and stuff. You said it. The skilled, lazy shit didn't work for them. Like they were just one of those teams that they always relied on the goaltender. Now at least uh, they have a little bit of identity. They're tougher. I think they're a little tougher than they used to be. They used to be soft. And one thing too, Claude Julien. I see his comments. I hear some interesting stuff. Is the Canadians are three one and one uh, right now. And uh, get this, the Canadians are averaging, this is good for DFS guys, they're averaging 36 shots on goal per game. Mm-hmm. So that's quite a Fantastic. lot. Um, they're is. only giving up 26.6 shots on goal. So that's that's a nice difference. And the Canadians historically have often been outshot a lot uh, in games. So that's a nice sign for them uh, right now. Uh, Claude Julien is talking, uh, Claude Julien told Sportsnet, um, we're not. We don't, we're trying not to get painted on the wall and stopped. Coach Julian is a good coach, and I actually like the innovation here in I, which he's talking about like this. Him. He goes, uh, "I think we're in a movement a lot more this year, and our transition game is a lot better. We've talked about our speed a lot, and we just want to use it more. When you have to stop and take off again, it takes away from that speed. It's not about just going in circles. It's about making sure that you're in movement all the time. So when you get the puck, you've already got that speed going." Uh, Julia says, with good transition play and quick play, you're able to catch teams off guard. And it's a good point that he's talking about, but it goes to show that, like you said, it sounds like for the first time in a little while, they actually have a plan. But the Canadians have never really had an identity, a plan, besides let's hope Carey Price makes 62 saves and somehow the ghost (laughs) of Morris Richard leads us to victory here tonight, right? You know, like they've never really had, okay, this is what we're doing. You know, like, uh, Michel Therrien was, had a plan, but it was too conservative, and it was hard to win like yep. that. So, Coach Julian's a good coach. 
You know, it's early I think camp. He is too. We've only played five games, but the Canadians are playing well, and a couple of other teams. Look, Ottawa was supposed to really, really suck. They've they've shown a little bit of something as well so far this year. Great point. Um, yeah, all these like the thing is, it is early in the media types, like, but they're always wrong, like ab- about these teams. And a lot of the time, it comes down to effort and what what you can say about those two teams. They have great young players. Like when you look at Ottawa, sure they have some holes and they got rid of some guys. But look at the guys they brought up: Brady Kachuk, the the son of Keith Kachuk, like a prolific goal scorer, right? So yeah. the bloodlines on those teams are good. Like the kids that they got are really, really hungry and really, really talented. So you know what? Uh, it comes down to goaltending a lot of the time too. But uh, we'll we'll see what happens. I'll tell you. No, I think well, a look, lot of nobody I think expected this from Colorado last year, right? There's always a team. That's right. Exactly. There's a team. But one thing with the NHL. It's a really long season, and it this is. happens every year, guys. There's always teams in the NHL that are like 10-2 and two and stuff, and then they, they totally tank. And also, <laughs> teams' depth yeah, teams depth hasn't been exposed yet, right? You know, like the bad teams will have depth issues, but that's not going to be exposed for the first two weeks. It's when, you know, a couple of players start to get hurt and the thin teams are you know start to be in trouble. But, you know, like I said, the Canadians are one of these teams – They've tried it a lot of different ways and it hasn't worked. So I'm, I, you know, I'm not. I've, I've been critical of them. Like I said, I'm really not a fan of their general manager. Um, I think it's a scam, and I actually think it's somewhat disgraceful that they charge the highest ticket price in the league. Like, it's I, true. You know, I, it's really exactly like you know, it's just it's out of control. Well, guys, they it, haven't won it. It's 25 taking advantage years. of. A- Gabe, and you know you live there. It's taking advantage of a fan base that doesn't like what? Okay, so you have CFL football, you have the Alouettes, you have the Montreal Impact, but when it comes down yeah, to they it, know people, people in pay. Quebec, exactly. they live and breathe and die hockey the way other people do with baseball and football and NBA basketball. That's what they care about. It's the big game in town. And the people there also, the cost of living, they're fleecing these people. I'm with you. I think it's, I think it's actually shameful. They should be way cheaper, but people will pay it. The corporations will pay it. That's the thing. There's just there's so many people. Montreal's pretty big. Um, it's a pretty big. It's a pretty big city right now. Yeah. There's actually more people. Like a lot of people live there in Montreal. Like it's, it's really grown. You know, yes. I don't know. It's like I think they're moving on on four mills, like three and a half mill type thing. Yeah, you're so right. Because I've had it's, it's more than people Uber realize. Drivers. Yeah. And I, I had a really big conversation with my Uber driver about that. And he's like, uh, the last two guys I've had, Gabe, it's like I'm moving back to Montreal, moving back to Montreal. I go, yeah, well, my buddy used to live in Montreal. I go, they go, the, the places are great. The rent's cheap. Still lots of things to do. It's growing. You said it. Like, it's expanding right now. It's kind of like a city on the rise, right? So uh, more power to It that. is. And it's still a hell of a lot. And it's a hell of a lot cheaper than Toronto and oh, Vancouver. Oh, it hasn't peaked yet. yet. Th- there's good things going on. Exactly, and it's only going to get bigger. The Expos are going to be back. Um, the World Cup of Soccer is going to Montreal. Like Montreal is, there. There's definitely they're they're trying to step it up. Like you said, Vancouver and Toronto sort of took Canada over as the premier cities, but Montreal used to be the badass, right, in the '70s and '80s, and and you know they got left behind. Their economy fell apart and everything, but they're they're on the upswing right now, but. It is. It's just disgraceful, though, like that they they charge the most, you know. But the Canadians, I've always said, the Canadians are a lot like the New York Knicks, and it's a lot like That's Madison Square Garden and Dolans. You know, they're selling the brand. They know it's like it's like the Knicks know. Yeah, we suck, but there's 14 million people here, and there's only 18,000 seats. So, 
<laughs> that will still find 18,000 people, people. Like, that's, that's the Canadians' mindset. It's like, yeah, you might be really mad that we haven't won in 25 years, but there's about 7 million people in the surrounding area that love us. And out of those 7 million people, don't worry. We'll find 20,000 people that will give us money for season tickets. And they know this, right? Until they, like, they're terrible, terrible. But even then, I think, you know, no, I don't know addiction. what rock bottom it's is. For, yeah, for them. <laughs> you saw with the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Leafs were the kings of this. And the Leafs were off and off and, like, MSG, like, cable companies and money and not caring about winning, etc. But you notice with the Toronto Maple Leafs, it was probably about seven years ago, eight, ten years ago, whatever, when they stopped, like, even going to the playoffs and even competing for the playoffs. Yep. It actually happened, like, where there was literally a couple of thousand empty seats in a new arena for a Toronto Maple Leaf game, which used to be unheard of. It would be, Every game would be sold out ever, no matter how bad they were. And I know. I'm on their mailing list. And I'll tell you what. In the last five years, every damn day that the Leafs have played a home game, I've gotten an email. Tickets available. Tickets just released. Tickets just released yep. means tickets weren't sold. Tickets just released. Tickets available. I haven't gotten any of the emails this year, Cam. No, They're of course back, not. Right? Not this year. Good. Oh, yeah. I'm not getting any yep. emails with tickets available at all. At all. Right? And, you know, but people finally said, you know what? Screw this, man. I'm going to go to the Raptors. The Blue Jays are good. You know, I'm done. I'm not just I'm not just supporting the Leafs. And it's funny because even the most diehard Leaf fans over the last few years haven't been obnoxious about it. You know, like a lot no. of Bay fan bases, we're going to be wicked. We got Tavares. We got Matthews. Even like, you know, they're like, yeah, we'll see what happens. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Leaf fans haven't won forever. There's a lot of Leaf fans in their lifetime they've never yeah. won. So they don't really expect to win, <laughs> you know? Vegas, Vegas was team, more the bullish team on the trying, Leafs than, the, than their own fans. Like, Vegas, you saw yes. the odds, Gabe. Seven to one. They're the co well, because they're, they're the own fans, fans, like, Their own fans know the curse that's existed, right? And the failure that's existed. Going back to 1967. Game time decisions, lineup block live. Coming up next, we'll talk some DFS. NBA is back. We'll hit the uh, hit the game. See what the optimizer says.